humans are an ambitious thing. We feel the need to always move forward, and in regards to technology, we are. But as is the way with most things, our desire for innovation comes at a price, because karma lives in all things. to hack human beings on a massive scale. What to do with all these useless people when they are basically meaningless, worthless? Nasal swab tests that everyone's been taking are not tests. They performed a lab analysis on the test sticks between November 2020 and March of 2021. And what they found was nylon broken fibers at the ends of these test sticks. Their job is to disrupt the epithelium or the surface layer on the mucosa all the way up your nose where it meets your brain. It's breaking through there and then subsequently leaching the contents of the nylon fibers, which is DARPA hydrogel and lithium. There is plenty of VAERS data out there of deaths, permanent disability, and harm. We now know that doctors are reimbursed hundreds of thousands of dollars to give these bioweapon vaccines. You know people are dying from the CDC cocktail in the hospital. You know people are dying from the bioweapon vaccines. They fooled me. I need to think more carefully next time they try and fool me. No, they just continue with the programming. These people are completely and utterly slave-minded, genuinely slaves. They live inside of a system, and the system they're going to purport and fight to defend is going to destroy them. They're not fighting for a system which is going to give them anything other than absolute slavery and tyranny. This transmission is coming to you. Welcome to Deep Dive for Truth. Everyone out there is searching for the truth, but sometimes the truth hurts. It can have repercussions that are detrimental to the health and safety of you and your family. The first thing all truthers need to know is that the system will always try and discredit the information provider when said provider start informing the general population and get too close to the truth. Therefore, the Deep Dive for Truth team, we stay safe and anonymous while providing the opinions or facts that some of you may have never heard before. The desire for truth runs deep in all truthers. If you want to know more, join us on our Deep Dive content and support the Deep Dive for Truth team with your positive responses only. Any negative response is not appreciated. Red pill or blue pill? This choice is for real. Reality is here. Would you like to know more? Welcome to Deep Dive for Truth. It's a big club, and you ain't in it. You and I are not in the big club. Welcome to Deep Dive for Truth. This is Big T for Truth. Still here. Got a little bit of a congestion slash allergy slash cold going on. No fever. No body aches. Nothing serious. But uh, bear with me, I know some of you people out there in uh, voice recognition world will be like, oh man, are you sure this is Big T? Well, God, family country, you know it's Big T. Real quick, 
just so you know, all our funding advertisements are getting shut down. Any type of funding we're going to get is from subscriptions. So we're going to have people subscribe to support us. Or if you just go to our website on our homepage, if you go there and you donate a dollar for coffee or become a truth ambassador, we'd really appreciate it. But, uh, yeah, we're chasing around aliens in Florida and things like that, moving locations and trying to survive the system. Remember, this is fiction. They are watching. Just before we start, while in Florida, we're still looking for those 10 to 13 foot tall aliens. I hope I don't run into one, but if I could see one, that would be pretty cool. But no, I don't want to see one. <laughs> so, uh, interesting situation down here. I trust people are really sincere in what they saw. Let's just leave it at that. And again, use your critical thinking. Why would everybody still have a blackout about the discussion of it? Why would cops be afraid to, you know, we can't talk about it. If all it was was four kids and some fireworks and, you know, just causing trouble. While down in Florida, we took a look into some of the COVID vaccine stuff. And the Florida Surgeon General, which he is a, a high-level medical doctor for the state, is putting out some information. So the state Surgeon General is notifying the healthcare sector and public of a substantial increase in vaccine adverse event reporting system on VAERS reports from Florida after the COVID-19 vaccine rollout. During this time, in 2021, Florida alone was there was an increase of 1,700% in vaccine adverse reports that came out compared to an increase of 400%. So 1,700% versus 400% over all the other vaccines, just for the one COVID-19 vaccine. The reporting of life-threatening conditions increased over 4,400%. This is a novel increase and was not seen during the 2009 H1N1 vaccination campaign. He's just stating there's a need for additional unbiased research to better understand the COVID-19 vaccine's short and long-term effects. So there we have a man in a medical field for the whole state of Florida basically stating what's going on just need to know all right this is uh, the comedian slash truth sayer about klaus schwab economic forum this is good stuff but again tongue-in-cheek remember this is fiction they are watching so take it for what it's worth klaus schwab is the head of the world economic forum which is a group of the richest people in the world who want complete control of the world recently schwab endeared the world when he said by 2030, you'll own nothing and be happy about it. Wow, that seems like a win-win. And he believes you're dumb enough to fall for it. And you kind of are. So here's how it'll work. Under the World Economic Forum's vision, governments and the super rich who already control the governments will own everything. That's a win for them. Meanwhile, you own nothing, which is a win for you, according to them. But you'll be allowed to rent things from the government that you need, like clothes, shelter, and a pacifier for your baby. You'll also receive an income from the government. Sounds great, doesn't it? This just in! We're already doing some of that. They're called stimulus checks. In this innovative vision of freedom, you'll be completely controlled by the government because you're completely dependent on the government. I smell a social credit score. Will there be a social credit score that requires you to be strictly obedient to the government in order to receive your meager rations? Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Does the World Economics Forum vision sound like socialism, communism, and totalitarianism? 
No, because they're calling it something different. The Great Reset, actually. First, let's be clear. For all of human history, socialism, communism, and totalitarianism has always worked swimmingly. <laughs> it's never created super oppressed and abused people. A hundred percent of the time, it's never done that. That's why you've always seen people from capitalist countries like the U.S. risking their lives to flee to communist countries like Cuba. <laughs> or at least what the U.S. used to be. And still is. Kind of. But if socialism, communism, and totalitarianism is so great, and indeed it is, why are some slightly skeptical about Klaus Schwab's agenda? <laughs> well, that question sounds like hate speech. So we'll gladly censor any attempt to even ask it. A better question that you're allowed to ask is, how are the very empowering to the people forms of government, such as totalitarianism, even accepted by the masses in the first place? Now, that's a great question. And the answer that you're commanded to accept is, they prey on you by glorifying how great it would be if they took the burden of self-responsibility off your shoulders. Then you no longer have to create your own income, worry about food, or buy things. Because those things take hard work. So wouldn't it be easier to let people rule over you so they can do those things for you? In addition, they also take away people's ability to work, even if they want to, which creates further dependency on the government. This just in! Over 100,000 small businesses in the U.S. have closed because of the government-mandated lockdowns. This also just in! It's all probably just a coincidence. Meanwhile, strong people who are actually happy and successful suggest self-responsibility is what creates freedom and fulfillment, which means under Schwab's vision, you have no self-responsibility, which also means you have no freedom or fulfillment. And that's a good thing, because freedom and fulfillment are the principal sources of human suffering. This just in! We think you're dumb enough to let a guy who's never smiled in his whole life tell you what'll make you happier. So let's do the Great Reset. <laughs> Now, does all this talk of the World Economic Forum wanting a socialist communist state for the entire world seem a little far-fetched? Maybe like a conspiracy theory? <laughs> well, it is. That's why on the World Economic Forum's own website, they're advocating for more Marxism. And if you're too mentally lazy to know what Marxism is, that's why it's all around you already. <laughs> You've allowed it through your obedience. But don't worry, the water will soon get up to a full boil if you continue not recognizing what you're willingly sitting in. Why would Schwab and the super-rich want to rule over you in such a totalitarian way? Well, that's not what they're doing. Because they call it something different. The World Economic Forum uses cool propaganda to manufacture your consent. They use compelling and definitely not misleading words like sustainability, climate change, and improving the state of the world, because that's what they're doing. So why do they want to rule over you in a totalitarian way while you think they're doing something good for the world? Well, fact checkers have verified they would have no motive, because it's not like nefarious people who have acquired mega wealth would want more wealth and more possessions. And it's also not like if you owned nothing, then they would own everything literally everything. The reality is, 
You'll own nothing and be happy. And they'll own everything and be happier. This just in! Klaus Schwab was born in Nazi Germany in 1938. <laughs> Guess the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree now, does it? But just remember, you won't be able to own apples either. The World Economic Forum recently had admirable and highly altruistic world leaders address their audience. World leaders like Xi Jinping, the head of the Chinese Communist Party. After his surprisingly pro-communism sounding address, he helped improve the state of the world by immediately having to return to China so he could continue not allowing World Health Organization investigators into his country. Acclaimed humanitarian Vladimir Putin also addressed the audience so they can aspire to be at his level. Putin's sustainability and climate control efforts have recently included having his chief political rival, Alexei Navalny, poisoned because he dared speak out against Putin. After the hit attempt failed, Putin simply had his chief political rival thrown in prison to help improve the state of the world. Putin's humanitarian efforts have recently been elevated even further, as it's recently been discovered that he had a $1 billion palace built for himself using Russian taxpayer money. When Russian citizens, who are very economically oppressed, were asked how they felt about Putin taking all their money to build a $1 billion palace for himself, they were quoted as saying, we own nothing and we're happy about it. As we at this station are big fans of the World Economic Forum, we applaud Putin's efforts to beta test the exact model for the world that Klaus Schwab envisions. Also on the speaker list was one William Gates. Billionaire Billy recently became the largest farmland owner in the U.S. I, for one, feel safer with him also having a monopoly over the food supply now. With the elites controlling free speech, censorship, whether or not you can work, and now controlling the food supply, it feels like we're gaining more and more choice over whether or not we participate in a own-nothing-and-be-happy-about-it kind of world. This just in! Mark Zuckerberg is a member of the World Economic Forum. Just thought you should know that. Now, why didn't they have President Biden speak to their audience? Oh, I already said Xi Jinping. It's also unknown exactly what species Klaus Schwab's DNA comes from. Most scientists believe it's a hybrid sequence of a snake and a slug. Yet what is known is that people have spent the past year being very obedient to being afraid when they're told to be. This has likely given Schwab great reason to believe they'll also be very obedient when they're told to think they're happy. By 2030, you'll own nothing and be happy about it. With a complete lack of self-responsibility, an unwillingness to think for yourself, and continued obedience to power-hungry elites, you'll be doing a lot to help create this beautiful new world. Until next time, continue giving your power away. You'll find you get happier the worse your life gets. Good night. Well, that falls right into our line of what's coming. Just wanted to give you a heads up and kind of tongue-in-cheek. This is fiction. They are watching. Definitely something that's coming your way. That is very interesting. The World Economic Forum is going to, basically, by 2030, they're on track for depopulation. 
they're on track for isolating all the youth of the world from owning anything. And you're going to be used to it because you're already paying rent. Most of you young people are probably paying rent for your apartment, for your domicile. You're probably already making payments on a car and probably have some debt. So you are probably not likely going to be able to buy in the future. It's going to get harder and harder. But that's just that World Economic Forum establishment is just the tip of one of the spears. The other spear is the depopulation. And you need to hear this lady's story, the WHO and the Great Reset. Hi, everyone. This is Veronica Kirilenko of the New American Magazine. We're at CPAC in Washington, D.C. And next to me, I have the wonderful Dr. Muriel Ness, a physician, a medical researcher with expertise in biological warfare, and the president and founder of an organization called Door to Freedom. Dr. Ness, it's great to see you. So you've been uh, trotting around the globe giving presentations and speeches to the uh, parliament in Europe. You spoke with, you speak with various lawmakers in various countries in America. Um, and you warn about the pandemic treaty that is currently negotiated by the world health organization as well as the amendments to the international health regulations so would you please give us an idea how the who came up with this brilliant idea to uh, of central um to, to central control and central management of the pandemics or rather what they call health emergencies of international concern and why are you so opposed to them so um, I doubt that the WHO came up with this idea on its own. The WHO is being used by basically a cabal of globalists in a t an attempt to have a soft coup and take over much of global governance through the concept of health and pandemics. The idea is to get us frightened of pandemics, so frightened that basically we'll do whatever they want, lockdowns, unlicensed vaccines without liability, et cetera. What happened is that the reason the WHO was chosen for this purpose is that it has its own constitution. No other subsidiary UN agency has a constitution except the WHO, which means it can actually make treaties with nations. But the WHO itself is unaccountable. You can't take it to any court. Um, all the employees have diplomatic immunity. So it can do whatever it wants. There is, unlike the UN, there is no Security Council with veto power. So because of uh, this basic bureaucratic setup, it, it works perfectly to be the organization to bring about certain aspects of global governance. And so a few things had to happen. One was the creation of a concept called One Health, which is 20 years old. One Health allegedly says that you can't really consider health of humans in isolation, but you must also consider the health of animals, plants, and ecosystems because they too are important for health. And so they are all part of One Health. And billions of dollars have been spent to embed the idea of One Health into the law, into the legal structures of the United States, other countries, and the public health systems around the world, okay? So you have all these public health professionals that have been taught for a dozen or more years that they need to follow a new way of conceptualizing health and, con and consider animals, plants, and ecosystems part of health. 
this then turns over all those things to the WHO to manage in the event of an emergency. What these two new documents do, which are to be voted on in May, is enable, is, is expand the scope of the WHO so that the Director General would be able to call environmental emergencies, you know, um, climate emergencies, food emergencies, uh, what, and, and all he needs is the, for the, any, any of these issues to have the potential to affect public health in the future. So he can say, well, sugar may cause diabetes in the future, so you can't have sugar anymore, for example. Or meat. Or meat, right. Uh, and crickets are much better for the environment. So, um, so what these documents do is give the Director General the power to do that in the future. They also, they also change the nature, the relationship of the WHO and individual countries so that the WHO will now be in a position to govern them on health. It, it will give orders and the nations will be required to obey those orders. And there's a compliance committee, an implement, implementation committee, and there are other means that are being developed to force compliance of the nations with the WHO's orders. The nations are also going to have to pay for this, and the WHO doesn't want to say how much it's going to cost, but some estimates have been that the budget would go up, up 10 times, from about $4 billion a year to about $40 billion. Some people said $60 billion a year. We don't know what it's going to be. The rules have not been established yet. What the WHO is asking for in the pandemic treaty is for us to give them a blank check let them make the rules later, let them tell us what the price is later, but we've already signed up to go along. The international health regulations are a little different. They are existing already, but right now they are almost entirely recommendations, and they will be expanded so they will be almost entirely orders in the future. Both documents demand censorship, demand through the WHO that all nations perform surveillance of their citizens' social media and stop them from spreading health misinformation. Um, also, they have to control infodemics, which is defined by the WHO as too much information. Um, another thing that is in these documents is that the WHO has created a biohub and it directs nations to go out and find what are called potential pandemic pathogens. I call them biological warfare agents. They are to be shared with the WHO in its biohub in a program called Pathogen Access and Benefits System, which means if, you're, if you give the WHO a virus that turns out to be deadly and, they want to, and somebody wants to make a vaccine against it, you get royalties for the production of the vaccine. But you're also required to put this sequence of the virus online so that any hacker can get it. And the WHO will share the, the samples and the sequences with nations, with universities, research centers, and pharmaceutical manufacturers. In other words, this is called proliferation of biological warfare agents, which is against the law based on the Biological Weapons Convention. So the WHO is creating this whole new system supposedly to prevent and ameliorate biological warfare and pandemics, but they're actually making it more likely to have those happen. And they are igno completely ignoring, pretending it doesn't exist, the existing legal framework for preventing biological warfare, because it would stop them in their tracks. So this is a big mess. It would require your nation 
to share your medical records with the WHO. You would be swabbed, you would have a swab up your nose or your mouth whenever the WHO said people need to be tested. Um, it's a mess. It's, it's ending privacy. It's ending free speech. Um, it's giving an authority to the WHO that most constitutions don't allow it to have. In the United States, the states govern health care based on the Constitution, which says anything not specified as a federal responsibility reverts to the states. So the Biden administration proposes to take health care, which it doesn't have any responsibility for, really, and turn it over to the WHO, which we say is illegal. But the, the legal, how do you fight this? Because you can't take the WHO to court. You know, it takes a long time to take the Biden administration to court if they turn it over. Um, many nations have constitutions that say that they, uh, if you want to give up sovereignty, any sovereignty of that nation, it requires a, a extreme process. In Ireland, a referendum. Uh, in Holland, two different votes of the entire parliament, you know, before and after the parliament, there's been a vote on parliamentarians, you know, in order to change the, the composition of the parliament. So it's very difficult. But again, the WHO is ignoring all that and just sort of moving forward, bulldozing forward with some sort of wealthy globalist, presumably Bill Gates, et cetera, behind them, pushing this along. The other thing that's happening is that Tedros keeps saying that people like me are lying and misleading about these treaties. Well, if you go to the Sovereignty Coalition, I have screenshots from the actual documents that we've posted on the booth right behind you uh, at our booth, and you can read what the documents say yourself. It's very clear that this is what they're doing. They are taking away free speech. They are going to cause pandemics. Uh, you know, they're taking away privacy. They're taking away medical freedom. This is fascinating. This is crazy. Okay, and on your website, doorsyourfreedom.org, I've noticed that you explicitly connect everything that's happening with the IHR and the pandemic treaty to the Great Reset. Can you explain why you, you do this? Well, what as you look around, you can see many things are rapidly changing in our society. You know, the DEI, ESGs, you know, the transgender efforts, um, the, the change in the food system, the, basically the attack on cows because they belch methane. I mean, the, these are crazy things. Many other things are happening too, you know, debanking. So Nigel Farage, who's here at this conference, was debanked. Joe Mercola was debanked. That means your bank says, we are no longer going to process money for you. Your credit cards don't work. You know, you can't, you can't travel until you find a new bank and have transferred over all your accounts. And that could take a lot of time because we don't know what information I'll give you. You know, you, your bank, your ability to use a bank and, and use money is gone. So these are just some of the things that are happening to punish people like us that are trying to fight against this. And I call it the Great Reset. I lost my medical license, not for anything I did to a patient. There have never been any patient complaints ever in my entire career, but because I was spreading misinformation and treating people legally with legal drugs like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. So I do not have a medical license, haven't had one for two years. This is a Great Reset. This is a globalist plan to completely reshape 
the system that we live in and gain greater control over our lives and basically grab more of the resources of the planet. What is the action plan to stop this evil agenda in its tracks? The first thing, and really the main thing, is for people to start understanding it. People look around and say, there's all these things you don't like about what's happening. Realize that this is an agenda. This is not just happening by chance. There are people who have spent billions and billions of dollars to bring this about. You know, the fact that they have drag queens reading to kindergartners in uh, libraries all around the United States did not just happen by chance automatically at the same time. And uh, the, the attack on food, for example, it's not just here. You know, in Canada, they're talking about getting rid of cows. In Ireland, in Holland, and the farmers who are selling their farms in Holland are not allowed to farm anywhere else in the EU. That is the tip-off that they want to reduce the food supply. It's not that they just want the land. It's not that they're worried about belching cows, because if you feed the cows different feed that contains certain kinds of seaweed, they don't belch methane anymore. It's not methane, and it's not even the land, because they could go up to northern Norway and farm, but they're not allowed to, or actually Norway is not part of the EU, but they could go up to northern Finland and farm, and they're not being allowed to do that, because they don't want them producing food. Um, they want a new food system. They want, uh, you know, I'm sorry, they want us eating bugs, for whatever reason. So the WHO is just one part of this. It was, a, it was an easy way to gain control of health care and, and information control. So they've already got the mainstream media. This was an attempt to gain control of the social media as well and alternative media. If nobody wants it, if we don't walk into the ovens in the concentration camp, there are not enough of them to force us. We are a million to one. You know, there are not that many. There's a few thousand globalists, and there's eight billion people on the planet. Once we understand that the WHO is not a benevolent organization trying to improve our health, but rather is there to control us, and in fact, all its advice during the pandemic was designed to harm us, when we realize that it's not a trustworthy organization, we don't go along. We don't, even if our nation signs up, we have, by the way, we have a year to get out of the International Health Regulation Amendments in May if our nations do sign up. But we all just say no. We say no. This is baloney. They're lying to us. They're telling us these documents are intended to save us from pandemics. They're going to cost a fortune and they're going to cause more pandemics. Why would anyone want it? So just spreading the word, reading the documents, seeing what's in them. I, I have, you know, selected the most salient points of the documents. Maybe uh, Veronica will come over and we'll film some of, some of the excerpts from the pandemic treaty and the IHR so everybody can see what's in them. And then you'll realize, do you want this or not? Okay, the World Economic Forum wants us to own nothing and be happy by 2030. The WHO is going to be the ruling, they call them World Health Organization, but the World Organization that's going to be, if we say it, you got to follow, and everybody's countries are going to agree, and guess what? The people don't stand up to it and say no. We're going to be in trouble, folks. We're going to be in trouble. On this episode, I thought it would be very important to have us listen to the man who wrote the letter that was part of the Men in Black 
from 1970 to 1997. The person that was reading this was reading a letter from his friend, and his friend was a man that was on his deathbed, and he was a man in black. The man's name was Joseph Spencer. Following seven years as a counterintelligence top-secret operative, he then got into the group also known as the Men in Black, or the, the highest of highs, the secrets of secrets, the dark ops. So this is his deathbed whistleblower, and I'm going to let this whole story go out. Now, I know you've heard this guy before talk about this, but listen to the whole story and listen to what he says at the end. Very important, good stuff, and it kind of makes you realize what's going to be happening. Stick with us on this one. Again, you might have heard some of this before, but there's the whole letter and the whole comments afterwards. It's very important. So before we start, this Joseph Spencer was an MIB whistleblower, Men in Black, exposes and confirms ETs living and working with the government, killing William Cooper, child human abduction and trafficking, chemtrails, Agenda 21, MK Ultra. All right, so this guy here is just reading the letter from the guy on his deathbed, wrote this letter and gave it to him. I guess he, he was a friend. So he's reading this because this his friend, the men in black guy, the, the, the bad guy, the dark ops evil guy, couldn't live with himself without telling this story and having his best friend read it. And that's why he put it out there. Uh, he also did AIDS being injected through vaccines, Project Blue Bean being used for the infamous Phoenix Lights, UFO sightings in 97, and much more. It's time to wake up. My name is Joseph Spencer. From May 1970 to October 1997, I served the United States government as a top secret operative, but not in a category that is commonly known or understood. I was known as a man in black. Following seven years acting as a counterintelligence agent for the CIA, I was recruited for a new assignment that entailed working with thin, above top secret operations. I was aware of the black budget projects, but never knew the context of them due to their high level of secrecy. Even the president was denied access to their inner workings. Annually, billions of dollars are poured into black projects, which operate without any supervision or intrusion. They have full autonomy. The operations deal primarily with advancing military technologies, most of which have been reverse engineered from recovered alien spacecrafts that had either crashed or were shot down by our military. The public, sadly, will never, ever have knowledge of these operations. This transition in my life happened in 1970. The senior black project director was William T. Latham who had worked under CIA Executive Director Richard Schlesinger. Latham stated that I was the perfect candidate for my new position. I was a foster child, and I had no connections to existing relatives. I had no friends or social life. It was easy for them to erase my past and provide me with a new identity. I gave myself to them as a priest would to his God. But first, my mind had to be erased. I was injected with various forms of mind-altering drugs, LSD, heroin, mescaline, morphine, sodium pentothal, and more. Drug-induced hypnosis followed with anti-grade and retrograde amnesia. The goal was to program me to do two things, kill and forget. After nine months of programming, I had become a man in black. 
What I later discovered was that not all the men in black were human. About a third were alien hybrids. The distinctive feature was the absence of whites in their eyes, giving the impression of empty eye sockets. This unsettled me, and it took months to adjust to, to the reality of alien integration. My assignments largely dealt with UFO sightings and crash sites. In August of 1971, I witnessed my first UFO crash site just north of Edwards Air Force Base in California. Inside the craft were three gray humanoids, two dead, one still alive. Also in the craft was a human female abductee. The alien humanoids were transported to the base, but two witnesses had arrived before us and took several photographs. The first surrendered his camera, but the second fled. When we apprehended him, he resisted, and I was ordered to silence him, which I did. The killing of witnesses was executed with a wand that acted very much like today's taser, but the voltage from the wand would cause immediate cardiac arrest, and the victim's death would be attributed to natural causes. We silenced countless victims, not only men, but women of all ages and even teenagers. The following day, after each kill, our memories were reset so we would have no recollection of the murders. A good majority of the victims were ufologists and whistleblowers. Among the ufologists I personally silenced were Paul William Cooper, Milton Begay, Claude Monroe, Anthony Vargas, and noted documentarian Samantha Willis. When my wand malfunctioned with Samantha, I resorted to strangulation. She fought for her life for almost two minutes. In recalling this act, I stared into her pleading eyes for the entire duration with absolutely no remorse, guilt, or feelings. That was how effective the mind conditioning was. And it's her face that haunts my dreams more than anyone's to this day. Still be stuffed out a documentarian. Yep. Well, that's not good to hear. Yeah. All right, move, move, we're going to move on. 1954, Dwight Eisenhower signed what's known as the Granada Treaty with the Alien Gray Race. In exchange for shared alien technologies, the Greys were allowed to abduct a number of humans annually for medical examination. The Greys also demanded anonymity from the public. A short time later, human technology took a giant leap forward with circuit chips, fiber optics, and lasers. The Granada Treaty is still active today, but the number of human abductions has increased despite objections from the world governments. Now, the really interesting part. Every year, at least 8 million children go missing in the world. I can attest that one-third of them are abducted by government operatives and transported to any one of the 1,477 underground military installations on the planet, then imprisoned for the remainder of their lives. The children are subjected to biological and genetic experiments, dissections, and mutilations performed not by human scientists, but an alien gray species. During my stay at the Vanguard underground base north of Phoenix, Arizona, I witnessed many of these procedures. Because there was no form of anesthesia administered to the young patients, the halls reverberated with the screams of tortured children from morning to night. 
The ones that perished were incinerated in the installation's crematoriums. My point of contact at this base was Lieutenant Colonel Charles T. Leninger, and he was a human-alien hybrid. And get ready for this. In 1994, the World Population Summit in Cairo, Egypt, had 160 nations participate, where they all agreed that the human population was out of control and must be stopped because the world is running out of resources. An agreement was formed that would mandate the reduction of humans from 6 billion to 800 million by the year 2030. This meant finding a method or methods to wipe out nearly 95% of the population. Solutions were discovered, investigated, tested, then created, and have been in full force since. The procedures have been inflicted onto the human race are as follows. One, toxic levels of chemically enhanced fluoride have been secretly added to our drinking water over the last 20 years in every city and community on the planet. I personally oversaw the delivery of fluoride barrels to Denver, Chicago, Tampa, and Minneapolis water departments. The adverse effects of fluoride poisoning to the human body are numerous and debilitating. The effects to children is damage to their neurological development, among other serious ailments. Two, man-made viruses and diseases. The AIDS virus, which was a designer byproduct of the American Disease Institute, was distributed through vaccines to the public in 1980. Instituted as a preliminary population control tactic, the results were successful and led to more lab-produced viruses that have since been unleashed onto the public. Among those is the development of a mutated version of the common flu to replicate the 1918 influenza pandemic that killed 40 million people. The first strain of this new flu virus will be released to the public in late 2017. So if we see a flu outbreak in the late 2017 or early 2018 that's killing people, we'll know this is true. They were just off by one year, 1920. That's when the uh, COVID-19, like I said, everything gets, can be pushed back or delayed if people start talking and trying to get the information out. So good stuff. This is top notch. Write down uh, connecting the dots, everybody. Use your critical thinking. What's coming next? Free. Killing us from the air with neurotoxins, barium chloride, cancer microbes, and viruses by way of chemtrails. Released into the skies daily over all inhabited regions by military aircrafts. The effects of these toxins are severe and over time lethal, causing respiratory ailments, cancer, damage to the immune systems, and sterilization in men. Since the chemtrail plan was implemented, Sperm count in men has dropped nearly 50%. If this isn't reversed soon, the human race will face early extinction. Now the grand finale. This is some scary shit. In March 1997, an event known as the Phoenix Lights became the most infamous UFO sighting in history. A mile-wide vessel, clearly not man-made, flew slowly and silently over the state of Arizona and was witnessed by 10,000 people, including the governor of Arizona. To date, there has been no reasonable explanation. But for every witness interviewed, the craft was as real as anything they'd ever seen. Their lives were transformed. 
and I believe that we truly are not alone. However, there is another truth, for I know what they really saw. 1986, while stationed at an underground installation near Boulder, Colorado, I was introduced to Project Skybeam by Lieutenant General Andrew Garris. I was then led down a corridor and into a large hangar where a stealth bomber hovered only 20 feet above me. I stood there confused. Then Garris looked over me and smiled, then asked if I was certain of what I was seeing. I replied, of course. What else could it be? I was then shocked to find out that this wasn't a real craft. It was a projected hologram. Since the early 1950s, scientists have been developing holographic technology and over the years improved it to a state that we can only imagine. As I stood there staring at the bomber, which looked so absolutely real and solid that I could reach up and touch it, I contemplated the possibilities. What if this projection was a thousand feet up in the sky? How would anyone know that that was an illusion? The Phoenix Lights craft, witnessed by 10,000 people, was the first grand-scale sky beam test upon the public. It succeeded beyond expectations. In October 1938, Orson Welles unleashed his War of the Worlds radio broadcast to the American public. It was so realistically portrayed, vast portions of the population went into panic. Terrified citizens scrambled to evacuate their cities in droves. America had been easily tricked by very simple means. To amplify this response, those who are truly in power, not only our country, but all the countries on the planet, and who are the true purveyors of the depopulation process, have formulated the final stage of their sinister plan. In the year 2024, a global event will alter the course of mankind's future. The world will stand witness to a massive alien invasion. Thousands of projected holographic alien warships will blanket the skies, sending people into a global panic. Real military crafts within the holograms will inflict actual damage to the surrounding areas to sell the gimmick. And as a result of the ensuing human chaos, a one-world government will immediately form without any resistance from the people. They will be the new world order. Once this happens, we as a people will be tuned to enslavement and accelerated depopulation. With that said, the only hope for human salvation is to acquire and spread the knowledge of these activities and agendas. Resist, retaliate, and conquer this imposing enemy. The time is now, as humanity is rapidly approaching its final days. The knowledge of what's coming is taking its toll on me. I see all of these people living their lives, enjoying themselves, planning their futures. I'm oblivious to the fact that it's all going to end soon. Here I am at a park where children are playing, and in the skies above, I can see the chemtrails poisoning the air and slowly killing us all in plain sight. I've never felt so helpless. I want to scream out to the world, but I don't want to be laughed at, ridiculed. When Claire said the memoirs were a fabrication, I secretly wish she was right. Then they could sleep at night. 
But I know, beyond a reasonable doubt, that it's all true. And Joe was being completely forthright. I saw it in his eyes. I heard the tremor in his voice when he spoke about it. It didn't come off as an admission. It was more of a deeply concerned confession. He was scared for us all. And that says a lot, coming from a man who was a government assassin. Yeah, so they're setting us up. It kind of makes me wonder about the Miami Mala alien attack and all the UFOs that, the, that were sighted around the area down there in Florida. It's definitely getting kind of crazy. Put the dots together. Listen to what we're saying. Hear us. Critical think. Figure things out. Understand what's going on. Remember, this is fiction they are watching. Remember to help Big T and the Deep Dive for Truth team. Email us when you do make a donation so I know that I'm not getting stopped by somebody in between. Become a Truth Ambassador, go to our website, or just here on Spotify, subscribe. And I got a lot of followers out there. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that you guys, if you like what you hear and you want more, and to follow us down this, this rabbit hole and keep us going, we need your help. God, family, country, if you believe in those things and are human, you're part of our family. Until the next time, this is Big T and the Deep Dive for Truth team. Got a little bit of a cold going on, folks. Stay safe, everybody. Peace. The Deep Dive for Truth team is about digging for the truth. The truth about topics that may or may not be based in reality, but based in the control and manipulation and misguidings of our species by the system. The system that is not for the human species but for the entitled ones of the human race. If we are going to make a change, we need to do this collectively, using the system against them. Knowledge, resources, species building. We will not be controlled by any government, media, or status group. We will be for you, the human race. We will need your support to tackle this endeavor. We will do this with or without you, but the only way to challenge the system is with everyone's support. There will be connecting topics to show the thread of truth from beginning to the end. Throughout our series, we will be having some fun, hoping that the system may not notice us at all, mainly AI. Hidden in the information, we will remove the blindfold obstructing the truth. That truth will be unveiled to those who really want to know. Everything about the removal of 90% of the human race. Binary code messages play on words within the jokes, the jests, and the possibilities were proposed. Again, this is fiction. The system is watching. You will be informed as to who, what, where, and why the world is the way it is. You'll find out where we are heading and the possibilities of hope and change for our species. The nature of our existence is to gain knowledge. When you follow us to the end, you will become an ambassador of truth. You will be able to spread a warning to our kind. You will be able to spread a message of hope, life, and a future for our species. If you want to follow someone who has been digging deep dives for 35 years and has threaded the needle of truth and who has put the big picture together, then this is for you. Remember, you may not always like what you see, but you will be able to see and sense what is the truth around you. It is time for the Great Awakening.